millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. 
now. NobleGoldInvestments.com Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. How's it going? We're going to talk about Rachel Maddow and whether she is spinning another conspiracy theory. Um, I actually think this ties into something that applies to every American and their freedom. So I want to dig into this topic as she addresses the Arizona audit and ties in a leader of this blurred out movement that I'm going to refer to as the code word 17, because we're not allowed to talk about this on YouTube. She's uh, talking about the Arizona audit and one of the leaders of the 17 movement known as baby 17. I'm going to bring him on live. We're going to discuss his side of things as Maddow is tweeting about him this week. She's tweeted about him before. And uh, I think it's a great, it's always a great time to talk about the Arizona audit and what really happened there. So, and I want to get to the truth of this too. She does, she does bring up some interesting questions in regards to how legit this audit was. I'm going to read the tweet in a sec, and then we're going to bring in Austin Steinbart who is uh, one of the leaders of this, this 17 movement, his nickname, baby 17. Okay. Before I bring him on and we get right into it and how this applies to you Americans and your freedoms, I want to shout out the sponsor of this, uh, this segment, a new surveillance bill will allow Australia to spy on their citizens' internet activity. This bill gives the Australian government the right to disrupt private citizens' computers, hack their online accounts, and modify or delete data. Government overreach and corporate tracking are at the top of reasons why VPNs are becoming more popular. When it comes to VPNs, Virtual Shield is my favorite. Here's why. Firstly, Virtual Shield is a no-log VPN, so unlike many alternatives, Virtual Shield doesn't store your search history on their server. Secondly, it's the fastest and easiest VPN I've ever used. Virtual Shield has the best UI and switches your location quicker than any VPN I've tried Third, they have a 30-day free trial. I was able to try out Virtual Shield at no cost for a full month before committing to it. Um, if you want to stay anonymous online, you'll love Virtual Shield. This Black Friday all, all month, you can try Virtual Shield for 30 days free plus 50% off for life. If you hurry, go to the link in my description, virtualshield.com slash ivory, uh, to get your trial today. And with that, we're going to bring on Austin Steinbart himself. Hey, Austin. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So you were actually targeted by the FBI themselves, and you went to prison. Uh, I did. Okay, and and so this is one of the issues, one of the issues that Rachel Maddow is addressing here, because you... Um, you have you now have this criminal record, which we're going to get into how warranted that criminal record is, because looking I, I just looked over your court documents uh, from the feds um, and it's kind of concerning uh, what the Pretty FBI, wild stuff that they're saying, huh? what the FBI was after you for. Yeah, maybe we can read some of these court documents for the viewers. It's like, wow. Um, and uh, so firstly, let's let's real quick look at what Rachel Maddow tweeted. I'm going to take you down here so we can read it. Uh, okay. So a leader in 17, sometimes known as baby 17 appeared on security list as an employee of cyber ninjas. He spent 225 days in prison for trying to extort a file sharing company released in April. He joined the ballot review not long afterwards. So that raises questions like, okay, how, how, 
secure was this ballot review when they have people like you on there? So first of all, what was your role with Cyber Ninjas and at the ballot review? Um, so, so I was um, coming to potentially work with the camera crew, like the live streaming uh, security staff, right? So I never like access ballots. I never counted anything. Um, and I ended up, um, I was working with the uh, deep rig production company, right? So, so I ended up not doing the camera work. Some other people ended up doing the camera work and I, I took more promotional role. So I was really only there for a day and uh, just, you know, taking in, getting the energy, like feeling the energy and uh, kind of, trying to think of ways that we could promote this and get this uh, message out there. So I really had a extremely ancillary role as far as like being at the uh, audit there. Um, there. There was still, you know, normal security procedures. You weren't even allowed to take like an Apple watch or, or a phone out onto the floor. Um, and I really just kind of like got the tour. Um, some of my other associates ended up doing the, the camera work there. But I think it's really, uh, you know, indicative. They're just trying to grasp at any straws they can to try to discredit this audit. Um, and it's it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that they're trying to bring this silly criminal history into the equation. Uh, but while they are, I think, um, you know, we should talk about that, right? We should talk about what exactly I went to prison for and what implications that has for everybody who's doing any sort of political activism anywhere out there. I think this has big free speech implications, so I can't wait to to jump into your case. But real quick with the audit, I was just tweeting about it earlier today. If you want to look at a link to the audit, go to my Twitter um, because a lot of people haven't haven't even seen it. But again, Biden beat Trump by only 10,000 votes in Arizona. Maricopa County, where Phoenix is, is the uh, the fourth most populous county in America. So a lot of votes cast there. And um, there were tens of thousands of of votes that appeared to be potentially uh, fraudulent. And uh, the top one, which was listed as critical, was mail-in ballot votes uh, from prior addresses. So people who didn't didn't even live at those addresses, they still voted from those addresses. Uh, 23,000 people did that. And it's interesting, the article that, that Rachel Maddow is actually linking here um, from azcentral.com. Actually, let me see if I can share that article. Um, I encourage the public co- to go read it because I think it's pretty, pretty insightful article. Actually, uh, you'll get nothing out of this. This is a headline. You'll get nothing out of this. Partisans with limited experience stumble through gaff prone audit. And, um, when you read this article, First of all, a lot of the sources aren't even cited, so I don't know how true this article is, but it talks about um, this struggle to get Democrats involved in the audit. It, in the end, it ended up being a completely partisan audit because Democrats refused to touch it. Of course, Democrats don't want an audit, right? So it ended up being a completely Republican audit, but it was really interesting to me how hard it, it documents all these questions, uh, all these conversations with Democrats and, and what Democrats actually said, like, heck no, I'm not doing an audit. So, uh, so where we could have had both sides looking at it, we did not. And now that fact right there is being used to discredit the audit saying, oh, we can't trust the audit because it was partisan. 
Yeah, and I love this headline. So this is an example of one of those like talking points that everybody uses, but like means absolutely nothing. So they keep saying Cyber Ninjas has no experience in election fraud, uh, audits of this scale. You know, they have no experience. They have no experience. But the truth is, like, there's never been an election audit at this scale. So no company on earth has experience in election fraud audits on this scale. So it's kind of like the the talking point with Kyle Rittenhouse, where they're like, he crossed state lines, he crossed state lines. It's like, yeah, he crossed state lines a mile from his house, but that's like an immaterial detail of this case. And for some reason, all these squawking parents in the media just keep just repeating that and repeating that and repeating that. Right. So you you were there. I mean, this this audit was for public viewing. People could go there. But you were there in what capacity? Could you put your hands on the machines here? I no, I didn't touch machines. I didn't. I didn't touch anything. I was there just looking at the live streaming um, situation and um, how that pertained to the documentary that we were going to be promoting. Okay, so yeah. Because what's your? I didn't, what's I didn't your, even operate any of the cameras. What's your job title and expertise and all that? Uh, well, I, I work with um, the Roger Richards uh, Media Group. Um, so they do Wanderworks, they do Ecclesia, um, they do Orin. Um, so I was working with Roger Richards and Steve Luchescu um, on a number of projects, not just this one, um, to just know, put you, out. You know a lot about IT, right? Yeah, so my, my background is in IT. Um, unfortunately, with my uh, FBI situation, as Rachel and I like to point out there, um, that's kind of a uh, not really much of an option for me at the moment. Because um, I was kind of like had my free speech and my uh, rights to work taken away from me. But yeah, I was an IT expert. I used to go in and do um, diagnose and repair and then install projects. So like if a company got hit by a cyber attack, um, then I would be the one that if their tech support couldn't fix it, they would call me to come in and help them fix it. So I did that for big hotel chains, for like big backbone data centers, for the military, um, for big chip manufacturers like Intel. Um, just, I was a subcontractor. So, I mean, theoretically you would be someone that we, we could bring to this audit and look at the machines and say, Hey, are they hackable? Yeah, I, I would actually love, love to do that. Obviously that would have really, um, caused a lot of problems for this audit if I would have done that. But I saw a lot of interesting stuff too. Like they found how the database was altered like 20 something thousand times right in one night um they didn't have separate people with separate passwords so like there's no way to track who's doing what the machines were in fact connected to the internet when they keep saying that they weren't and the routers that were supposed to be inspected that our attorney general essentially drew a line in the sand and said like if you don't let us inspect those routers we're going to cut you off um i thought it was really weird how the senate president karen fan uh, she ended up like overriding that and letting some, you know, I don't know if the person was good or bad, but just some, some individual end up taking a look at those routers. Um, they kind of say there's nothing here. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if these are necessarily connected, but I noticed that Karen fan awarded a, you know, half a billion dollar construction contract to her own family company and then promptly retired after that. So, um, it Whoa. seems it seems kind of suspicious. Again, like I don't have any hard uh, evidence one way or another with that. I just seem observing the big picture here. The big picture kind of seems a little off to me. I think Cyber Ninjas did the best they could with the extremely um, 
contentious opportunity they were given, right? Like they were stonewalled in almost every case, right? Um, they were relentlessly attacked by the media. Uh, and I think they did a good job trying to be as impartial and like grounded as possible. So I don't think they would engage in that sort of speculation like I would, but I have no problem doing that. Um, right. And uh, yeah. And then the media headline after that was like, oh, well, the recount found that no- it was just the hand recount found nothing, but actually all the concerning anomalies that were found were brushed under the rug. And uh, even Fox News just act like acted that day, the day of the audit review uh, report release. Fox News. Yeah, you're you're not allowed to question elections. Uh, But one of the things I am old enough to remember is back in 2016 in the WikiLeaks um, that was showed indisputable proof that the Democrats rigged the primary against Bernie Sanders. Um, and so a lot of people know about that. That's, you know, indisputable proof in their emails. And then in 2020, they had that, you know, flim flammery with the app in Iowa, right? Where they're like, oh, the app kind of screwed up and we thought Bernie was going to win, but actually we just gave it to, I think it was Buttigieg. So there's a lot of accusations from the progressive left against Democrats about rigging elections, not just once, but twice in a row. So from our standpoint of them saying like, oh, you have no basis to think that we could ever rig an election or we'd ever even try anything like that. It's like, actually, we have a pretty solid basis to say that you guys engage in some pretty um, shady stuff when it comes to elections. And of course, we would just like to verify that, right? And if they had nothing to hide, why wouldn't they want to participate? Like, yeah, you know, cards out on the table. Let's let's take a look at that. And we're going to, you know, laugh in your guys' face when it finds nothing. But they don't do that. This brings me right into your case where you were targeted by the FBI. You mentioned WikiLeaks. You were digging into WikiLeaks, which you're mentioning. People haven't fully even scraped the surface of of what all is in WikiLeaks. And um, you were creating curated content that made it easier for the public to grasp what was in WikiLeaks. People need to realize this is a form of journalism. I, I think that people people get this uh, cookie cutter idea of what journalism is, that you have to work for one of these TV corporations or big newspapers. But um, journalism is is uh, any anyone who is bringing truth to the pro- public in a comprehensive way. Um, and you, so you grabbing all these documents. And bringing to the public in a more easier, easier manner and helping explain to the public what's going on. That's a form of journalism. Of course, nobody would, most people in America wouldn't call you a journalist and you don't even call yourself a journalist, but what you were, what you were getting into with your YouTube, it sounds like, and I didn't look at your YouTube, uh, when it existed. Now you've been obliterated and censored offline. Yeah. You're, you're deeply censored right now. Um, But so I, I was I was trying to uh, take concepts. Uh, WikiLeaks was at the forefront of that, uh, and kind of like repackage them into this really zany, like uh, like kind of humorous, kind of silly, kind of out there, very short format YouTube videos, so that we could have the broadest possible audience be understand that. And I was really um, making headway and mixing it up with the Seventeen movement. Um, obviously, that's a you know. For those who don't know, it's a, a group of uh, essentially researchers, and I would even call oh, it like a single group. It's like a set work. of tribes, right? Yeah, it's like a set of tribes that do a lot of internet research and uh, just like spread information and engage in activism, right? So pretty pretty normal stuff, even though we're kind of vilified in the media. 
un unrighteously in my opinion. But I was making this channel, it was getting very popular. And I had this thing called the Amorphous Archive, right? Which was a curation of WikiLeaks. And so I tried to grab um, in these email clips um, from Hillary Clinton, from John Podesta, from the DNC, uh, these salacious headlines, like the clips of the email that were salacious, um, to like kind of convey the point. And then I would document that and have this visualization thing to where you could go and look in the actual email strings and see that, look, I'm not making this up. I'm not taking it out of context that this is actually a thing. And I thought that was a very necessary thing to do at the time, because even to this day, a lot of the, the items in there, the corruption, the malicious intent, the racketeering, the warmongering, right? It's all still very relevant to this day, especially because um, Joe Biden was part of the administration that it was exposing. So, um, I, you know, if I gave one tip to Julian Assange, it'd be if you want Americans to read something, don't like dump it in, ten, you know, a dump tens of thousands of pages long. And so it was kind of like hard to deal with. So as an IT guy, you can get through that a little faster using stuff like search operators and various tools. Uh, we could also verify um, exactly, you know, is this true? Or is this not right? So there's a lot of allegations out there that I think cow a lot of Republicans from talking about this stuff, even though it's extremely relevant, it would be extremely helpful. Um, we could go in because what got leaked from Hillary Clinton stuff, it was her .ost uh, archive. So if you, ha you ever use Outlook, um, when you go to like back that up, you, it creates this archive file that is not just your emails. It's your emails, your contacts, your calendar. And with that, if you load that OST file into another Outlook, you can do what's called a message header analysis. So in each email, there is a little snippet of code at the top. And that contains your cryptographic signatures. So like the thing, how you verify who's who. And in the State Department's case, they have these things called 2048-bit Google DKIM uh, uh, cryptographic signatures. So you could say indisputably for each one of those emails, look, this has the State Department cryptographic signature on it. It's kind of like um, a high-tech version of, you know, the kings, they stamped their ring in the wax back in the day so that they knew it was coming from them and that nobody opened it. This is kind of like the high-tech version of that. And so we could see on each of these emails, okay, these are all State Department, like indisputably authentic State Department emails. Um, we could also do this thing called a header analysis to trace hops. So if I was to send you an email from my phone and go from my phone to my router, to my ISP's servers, to this backbone data center, down to some other servers, back, you know, do various hops from devices down to, to get an email to you. And in Hillary Clinton's case, we could say, okay, since we have her emails, her contacts, her calendar, okay, she's in Florida on this day, for example. Um, so this email that she's sending goes from this place in Florida, bounces across the internet, and then gets to its final destination over here. So from both directions, from the cryptographic signatures and the uh, hops, like the geolocations, we could say that every single thing in those WikiLeaks archives is indisputably authentic. So... You know, people like to say, oh, this is Russian disinformation. This is Russian disinformation. It's not. It's their, their words. So a lot of the stuff that we talk about out of there, we get called conspiracy theorists for. And it's like, so you're calling me a conspiracy theorist from taking it, you know, straight from the camel's mouth here in their own words. And a lot of people are like, oh, where did you get that? Fox News, Breitbart, you know, so, such and such play Infowars. It's like, no, actually, I got it straight from their emails. And this is their own words. So I don't even have to really edit it at all. Just it stands on its own. So it was this very comprehensive archive of all kinds of stuff. And one of the things a lot of people say on the left is like, oh, but her emails, but her emails, but her emails, who cares, right? Who cares about her emails? 
It's like, well, in addition to her being an insanely corrupt politician, like almost like cartoonishly corrupt politician, she was also the secretary of state and the secretary of state is who oversees the, the CIA. So a lot of the stuff the CIA is doing around the world is in Hillary's emails. And that's why they went, took such great lengths to protect her and to keep those emails out of the, the public sphere by helping to cock these hoaxes, these frauds and these rackets like Russiagate. It's because they want to keep that stuff out of the uh, public consciousness there. So we were trying to, you know, put that forth, put that in. We feel that it was very important at the time. It's still important now. And uh, making a YouTube channel to correspond with that, um, going along with uh, the 17 movement, right? We were, we were involved in that. We have, you know, haters and fans in that movement because it's a bunch of tribal situation like any internet movement. But um, we were doing really good. We were being really successful. In the first six weeks, we had over a million channel views on my YouTube. Like, so we were blowing up. And, um, so this company, I, I originally had it with this company, this British company called Autotask, um, that was sharing, like hosting the file sharing service. So they get bought by this company called Datto. And Datto, if you recall, was the company that actually covered for the emails for Hillary Clinton. Uh, they're the data backup service that was like, oh, sorry, FBI, sorry, congressional committees. We lost all of the emails. And so we can't give them to you. And I was partners with those companies for a long time. So like everybody at those companies knows like we didn't lose those emails. That's a bunch of BS. We probably have like 20 copies of those emails redundant at data centers around the world. Um, we just received um, a large financial incentive to cover for the Clinton campaign and not cross the CIA. So, so my files are in this company, uh, being hosted by this company, this archive of these carried WikiLeaks. And they, I get a call from their technical guy. He says, hey, we got a call from the CIA that's demanding that we take this stuff down. So our legal team is freaking out and they're essentially canceling your account. Even though you paid for a year in advance of the service, we're just going to cancel it and not give you your data back or anything like that. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's very unfortunate. I tried to reason with them. Um, but what ended up happening, I was like, all right, turn to my YouTube crowd. Let's, you know, phone call and email this company. Here's their public support line. Here's their public support email. Let's call and email this company and, and you know, essentially demand our stuff back. Um, and so they did. A lot of people did. Um, thousands of people did. And I guess it, you know, caused some problems for that company for about a week. And uh, I ended up having an FBI SWAT team raid my house and uh, take all my phones and computers and throw me in jail for wire fraud and extortion. Um, so they essentially said that the every count uh, or every email sent did not abide by Datto's own terms of service. And so every email, um, because it was not a legit support email, that was one count of wire fraud. Every phone call, because it was not a legitimate support phone call, that was one count of wire fraud. Every social media post, because it was not legitimate support social media posts, that was a count of wire fraud. So I had three counts of wire fraud, and then I had one count of extortion. So they said, I used these phone calls and emails to unduly extort this company out of things of monetary value that I wasn't owed, even though I had paid for a year in advance. And they took me down without violating their terms of service, technically. Wait, what do you mean not a legit support email and not a legit social media posts the fbi for some reason got to use with their in conjunction with their wire fraud charges because wire fraud is so vague they took datto's terms of service about what constitutes a legit support phone call and what constitutes a legit support email 
And they said, because you were not ad adhering to Datto's terms of services, that this is now wire fraud when you send them so many illegitimate support and email or support phone calls and emails. Um, here I have this. This is uh, your charging document, I guess. Um, and they, you're talking about what they refer to as company B here. And yeah, it, you're describing the story that the FBI is describing in this document here filed, I guess, when they arrested you at 32620. Is that when they arrested you? Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, 326. Three that sounds about right. It was in the end of March. Yeah. Um, okay. It says here, you, uh, when when this company and again these are what what they took down was your curated wiki curated wikileaks that's what the fbi admits that what the company removed was wikileaks documents that you had made more accessible to the public right yep and so you and then your response though i guess you posted a video saying that the company taking down your WikiLeaks files was a direct act of war against the American people. Yeah. So I was, they took it out of context. So I was speaking more broadly. I was saying that like talking about tech companies in general, and I was saying tech companies essentially destroying our rights to free speech to owning the public square and then canceling people out of it is, a, is an act of war against the American people. Like we, we have a fundamental constitutional right to free speech and we should not have that impeded by oligarchs. And obviously, you know, I was doing some zany YouTube. I was hyperbolizing a little bit, but I feel the same way. I think one of the biggest threats to us having the future that we deserve to have is the fact that anybody who dissents whatsoever from the establishment orthodoxy is kind of sidelined and shuttered, right? So all, all kinds of stuff. And now you see even with Project Veritas, right? Project yeah. Veritas is a meticulously documented, you know, again, a journalism organization, right? There's people who would cont contest the idea that they're journalists because they don't like the information they're publishing. But now the FBI is going after them too on the flimsiest of reasons. And so this is a pattern. It's not just me. It's not just Project Veritas. This is a pattern with lots of people, with Julian Assange, that if you talk about things that they don't like that deviate from the establishment orthodoxy, that you can have the FBI sicked on you, right? And that's... That's Gestapo tactics, right? And that is an act of war against the American people engaged by the FBI, right? We we have freedom. We're not, this is not Nazi Germany. We're not owned by anyone, right? So so right. the fact that they could take the fullest weight of the federal law enforcement apparatus, exactly like the Soviet Union, and just go after anyone for any reason should scare everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, so it... it mentioned here these false uh false emails and and tickets and i'm gonna you you told your youtube followers to email this company and they did i don't know why those are false emails they're emails from well, real people well they were saying it was false tickets so i i knew because i used their software that every email that goes to their support email creates a support ticket automatically in their system so they were saying these tickets are fictitious uh, but yeah, that's the thing is it's like, I, I think we had a legitimate demand, right? You're just, yeah, so that's free. Down. That's free speech activism as far as I can tell. And, and, um, look me working at Fox as a journalist, I was in the shoes of this company in that I had viewers targeting me 
in one, one particular story, I, I covered a dog, uh, a dog that had puppies and some people were trying to take them away. Anyway, the dog, the animal rights community from across America came, came after me for this story because they believed the dog, the puppy should have gone to the shelter. Anyway, the newsroom phone line and email gets blown up from all angles. And, um, and this is, this is just, this is a form of activism that is law. Uh, we could have said those were false, false tickets, false calls. Those weren't news tips that we, they called our tip line and those weren't news tips. Um, they were calling for me to be fired. They were blowing up the phone line to get me fired because they didn't like how I covered the puppies on the news. But my point is that this happens in, in any industry. It's a form of free speech activism to rally together and call someone or email them to get change. And the fact that the FBI came after you for this and ultimately arrested you and imprisoned you shocks me. And now Rachel Maddow is using it to delegitimize the, the audit, <laughs> which is fascinating. Yeah. But you act, you did do a plea deal. So you pled guilty. Tell me why. Yeah. So I uh, was, you know, going back and forth with them for a long time. And they ultimately like, so I had got out on pretrial services and then I went back because they said I didn't call my officer in time. Then I got out again. The judge is like, no, that was ticky tacky. He let him out again. This is weeks, weeks in, weeks out, weeks in, weeks out. So I got out for a little bit of time and, um, I, and FBI, I was having like doing more YouTube stuff and obviously trying to get the word out. Like, Hey, look what they're doing to me. And so I, at my house, I had a bunch of like YouTubers coming over and doing, um, you know, YouTube studio stuff, like for other channels, for smaller channels. And, um, some, some people that came over, they were ended up working as FBI informants and how they dogged me out while I was on pretrial, I wasn't supposed to be drinking alcohol. So these people had, had a hidden camera in my house, in my kitchen and snapped a photo of me drinking a cider while I was on pretrial services in my own house, not going anywhere. I was, I was on ankle brace. So I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I was on like home detention during the pandemic. Um, and like, I wouldn't be allowed to go to the grocery store. So if I didn't have people there helping me, like I wouldn't even be able to feed myself. They just tried to make it. So I would have to go back to jail. But, um, they got this picture. I got thrown back in jail. They're like, he's not going to comply with the terms of his release. And, um, so I went in there, this was around September and they pretty much said, we're not gonna let you back out. And so I was thinking like, yeah, let's go to trial, right? I'm going to beat you in court. The jury's going to laugh you out of the building. Like, let's, let's, let's go, let's do this. And so they, they tried to do a few different things there to intimidate me into backing down. One, they took a, um, I had done a YouTube video that was at a like, Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive 
effective and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Uh, medical clinic that I went, it was like a world famous medical clinic that I was trying out in California that worked with a lot of NFL players. And while I was at this clinic, while I was doing a test, I noticed that if you minimize the window that you're working on, on the desktop there was rec- like the medical records of people like Terry Bradshaw and a bunch of other really famous NFL records or players. So I, in a YouTube video, in like a few second clip, I just like showed like, hey, look, and I scrolled through one of them for Terry Bradshaw because everybody knows who that is. Look at this medical clinic. Like, look at how ext- I think I said the extreme negligence of the medical industry. Something that I figured was newsworthy of public concern, especially as someone who's going to be, you know, going into this clinic. The fact that they're just leaving this out there for anyone to uh, see. I, I consider it the cyber equivalent of taking his re- records and like taping them to the front window of the clinic, right? So. The FBI charged me. They're like, oh, you posted his medical records and you did this and that. It's like, no, I posted a clip of me seeing his medical records, right? I did. I never took the records. I never had anything in my possession. Um, and they eventually, so they threw that at me. They added three more charges. I went from four to seven. Mm-hmm. And they realized, I was like, okay, bring it on. Let's do that too. Like, let's, let's tell them exactly what happened in court. I guarantee you nobody's going to convict me for that either. 
And so they realized, okay, that's not going to get them to back down. So they started delaying my trial date. So I was supposed to go to trial in November, and then they moved it to February, and then they moved it to June. And then they just pretty much uh, in the, the springtime of 2021 came back to me and said, listen, you are going to like, you are either going to like, we'll drop all your charges except for one, the extortion, and you plead to that, we'll let you out. Or if you don't, we're just going to keep delaying your trial indefinitely. And we'll start off with a year and we'll see where it goes from there. So they essentially said, I'd been in it for seven months at the time. They're like, all right. So, you know, for them to launch those threats like that, to threaten it, you, like we're going yeah. to delay your trial indefinitely. Well, well, they, they say it in these weasel word lawyer ways where they're like, you know, you could take this, which we think is a good deal. Or I'm very concerned that with coronavirus, your trial is going to be delayed a year, probably more. And, you know, we support that because, you know, such and such. So they say it in this way that, like, if you read the transcript and you, like, have some blind blinders on, they could technically be like, oh, we didn't actually threaten that. But that's in more or less what they said. And I had another guy I was in there with that he was also an innocent guy accused of some financial crimes that he had tried to prove over and over again that he didn't do. And they did the same thing to him the week before. So they said, you either plea or we're delaying you a year. And he said, no. I'm innocent. And that week in February, 2021, they delayed his trial in February, 2022. Wow. Immediately. Boom. So, so you I saw knew that you, you'd get delayed if you didn't do a plea deal. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, Hey, you know, the jail time for this charge is like a year max. And I'm going to be in here for, you know, two or three years before I even get my day in court. And I had been doing, you know, YouTube stuff. I was working with that documentary crew. So I figured, you know what, I, I guess if they're going to rig the court of law, then I'll have to win in the court of public opinion. And the judges just sign off on that. So the judge in my trial said, look, I know you have, it was in the November here. I know you have a right to a speedy trial and that you haven't waived that. But, you know, I'm delaying because of this obscure provision. I can just waive it however I want. He didn't even say it was under the pretext of coronavirus. Wow. It was for my own good. I'm just, you're just going to waive that and we're going to delay you. And so what? And so, so it wasn't just a free speech thing. It's like, uh, does our government have the right for a very, like for somebody who's never had a criminal record for somebody who posted a YouTube video to take you, throw you in like a really hardcore federal prison and just do that indefinitely. And before you've been convicted. Right. So, so they, and they do this to a lot of people. We saw this with the January six people, um, we see this in a lot of cases where they say everyone's a flight risk. They say everyone has to be in their pretrial. And so you end up being guilty before, before you're assumed guilty until proven innocent, right? So if you're already in prison, you're guilty until you're proven innocent. And so that's a complete perversion of our justice system. You're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And this is how they have their 99% conviction rate. It's because they're just like, oh, we're just going to, you know, you're just going to sit in prison for years on end until you plead to something so that we can have some kind of vindication here. So um, it's a very like if it, I know there's a lot of, um, you know, noise out there about what I did or didn't do or what I did or didn't say. But the bottom line is like, can the federal government come raid your house, take all your devices, throw you in prison, try to ruin your life for calling for a. Uh, phone call and email campaign, which essentially, like you said, is activism 101. Animal rights activists, BLM activists, uh, a bunch of right-wing groups, the Christian activists, like for the, yeah, to the abortion clinics, 
everyone is like, hey, we're mad about this. Here's the phone number, here's the email. Let's let's raise some hell about this, right? And that's essentially what I was doing. So And the other um, called that extortion. Yep, extortion and wire fraud. So yeah. I'm I wouldn't have pled to the wire fraud because I feel like having fraud on your record uh, is never a good thing. It makes you seem like a liar. But the extortion, I thought it was the irony. Okay, so you guys are going to essentially extort me into pleading to extortion. The ultimate irony there. So I, I figured, and it wasn't even like, it was uh, interstate communications with the intent to extort. So it wasn't the full like mafia extortion. It was interstate communications with the intent to extort that I pled to. And that is what Rachel Maddow is holding up as a reason why I should not be banned from, you know, these public spaces, why, why I should not have near any ability to participate in my democracy anymore, right? I lost my right to vote. So making sure that other people's um, rights to vote are counted accurately is like a way I can participate in society now, given my, uh, you know, lack of a right to vote at this point. Yeah. Well, if you look at Frank Abagnale, who went on to work for the FBI after going to prison, being arrested by the FDI, FBI for fraud, for check fraud, they then hired him because he was so good at check fraud. They went on to hire him so he could catch other check fraud criminals. So anyway, they brought him into that. I was just saying, if you're an, an IT expert who can decipher hacking, they might want you at this audit back here. Yeah, they don't. They don't like my. Uh, they don't like my politics. Um, they actually, the FBI. This is another thing. They took my computers. My computers are encrypted. They couldn't get in, and they just used this brute forcing tool that essentially bricked the computers. So they couldn't get the data. So they made it so that I couldn't get back in. They made it like essentially bricked my hard drive with their cracking tools out of retribution that they couldn't get into it. And when I got my stuff back and I was like, Hey, you guys ruined the computer. What the hell? And they were like, essentially, they're like, Hey, here's legal. Talk to legal. If you, so essentially it's like the the FBI version of like, so sue me. I dare you. So your, your case does remind me of project Veritas. And and this ties into the general public and why general public should be very concerned about this. Um, every, any journalist should be concerned about this. And again, you're not considered a journalist, but what you were doing was disseminating true information to the public, which is a form of journalism. And there is such a thing as citizen journalism, and that was you. And the fact that the FBI came for your throat is is very concerning for all members of the public. And and this reminds me of Project Veritas because they came, FBI came after Project Veritas for Biden's daughter's diary, allegedly. But if you really look at it, uh, Project Veritas had intel on a lot of things that, that Biden's FBI didn't want him to have, him to have intel on. I, I think that they were afraid of what, Project Veritas was going to reveal to the public next. Um, they are pretty good at at investigating government corruption. So why wouldn't the government target them? Now, you, in your case, allegedly the FBI had such a problem with your email and phone call campaign. And I am just wondering if that's the equi- equivalent of Biden's diary, where they're just gonna they're gonna find some reason to come at you and lock you up to divert from what you were actually doing was exposing some serious dirt on Hillary and a lot of the Democrats. You were allowing the public to more easily see 
what Julian Assange had uncovered in this pile of WikiLeaks, which were not easy to go through. You're making it easy to go through. On top of that, the thing with the medical records, which the, um, the, the, the criminal complaint that I was just showing you guys, um, it starts off by talking about this whole saga where, oh my gosh, he went on a, he went on a clinic's computer and, and showed somebody's medical records. You were actually, uh, that, it, that itself is absolutely journalism. You were exposing the, um, vulnerabilities of people's medical records. Uh, from what I can tell, you weren't, um, actually show, showcasing something that would be a violation of HIPAA, but you were showing the ability that any, anyone in the public can, you know, that basically if you go to this clinic, anyone can probably access your records. So do you really want to go to this, this clinic? That's a yeah, especially if you're really famous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a service to the public. Now, so many people, again, look through the media in this box. Well, well, this person's a journalist, that person's not because of the way they, they, they say, pro, they say Project Veritas is not journalistic. So he, here you are doing a, you know, a laid back YouTube about what you're discovering. That's 21st century journalism and people need to get that through their heads because if this was, if this was decades ago, what you would have done is, is you would you would realize the vulnerability on that computer. Okay, then you go um you you document it somehow. Maybe you write down you write down what you found on that computer. Go call the media line at a newspaper. Hey, this is what I found. Then you tip off the newspaper people. Then they have to come in and 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 investigate and then release what you what you uh revealed in a little newspaper article. But and and then that would be called journalism. You cut straight to the chase thanks to YouTube. And that's the yeah. great, the, the great thing about social and, media. And my style, I would say like, um, in the same sense that James O'Keefe has like a bunch of people love him and a bunch of people hate him. I'm the same way. Like I have some, you know, a lot of people love me, but I also have some very virulent haters that really don't like my style. My style is kind of like infotainment, right? So it's kind of yeah. like YouTube style, like try to be like a little funny, try to be a little like out there, but yeah. like convey the information in this very short format sort of stuff. So that rubs people some wrong way. And they're like, that's not journalism. That's not this. And they like to throw out, they're like, oh, you post this medical record. That's so bad. But um, in the indictment documents, if you look at them, uh, what they actually accuse me when they try to throw the medical charges on there as well, they said, you exposed the name and birthday of this individual. And for exposing the name and birthday in that little thing, that is what we're charging you with. And so for me, it's like, so I expose the name and birthday of like one of the most famous people on earth who on his Wikipedia page says, I go to this clinic, right? So it's not anything new to anybody. It's public information that he's already put out there. And now me exposing this guy's name and birthday, oh man, that constitutes a crime. So they ended up, like I said, they ended up dropping. Now they ended up realizing like, this is ridiculous. And this is a Hail Mary and a half in court. Uh, but, but that's some of the things, especially in the media, like the Maddows of the world, they really like to latch onto that. Like he posted, you know, medical records, he hacked this, he did that. And it's like, no, I, you know, it was like, I was walking by this clinic and like I said, the cyber equivalent of them taping the records to the front window and me walking by being like, Hey, YouTubers, look at this. This is crazy. Like, yeah. 
And uh, it's something vulnerability of people's medical records like that, that you were alerting the public to. That's, that's something, sorry, I'm getting a phone call here. That is something that the media would cover. Okay. And, and so when I'm reading this indictment of you, it's just, it just really concerns me in regards to free speech. That, oh, we didn't like his style. It, it's like, I hope they didn't target you because they didn't like your style. Or I think they used your style <laughs> is different. Someone's style of speech is still protected by the First Amendment. But it, they seem to, to weaponize that against you in their indictment of you. And it just seemed like what they really didn't like was what you were actually showing the public um what what you went through earlier in this video of of describing how how you can tell that Hillary's emails are indeed legit in these WikiLeaks you were showing the public how they could understand that themselves and yeah, then and and how we were showing that the democrats have rigged elections in the past right like indisputable proof that they've rigged elections in the past so the basis for this audit it is almost bolstered by the fact that we had that. Uh, um, yeah. uh, I think it just shows like, so Julian Assange, right? They're going after him. They're trying to do this uh, like 200 year sentence or whatever. I think the fact that they went after me for, I wasn't even the original publisher, right? Julian Assange had published all that stuff first. So like I was taking right. public information from WikiLeaks, distilling it down. And so I think that really shows the rest of us how much they don't want this WikiLeaks stuff coming out to this very day. Like there's a, there's all kinds of stuff that has not been talked about in there and the lengths they will go to shut that down. Um, so I think that should just make us push harder into WikiLeaks and be like, all right, like what are you, what's in there that you guys don't want us to see? And that's just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You talked about some things you mentioned, um, the arrangement of, of, fake sexual assault allegations against Trump months prior to those allegations happening. The emails show yep. the origin of this. That's one of the things I talked about in there is um, there's this email. This is what you were YouTubing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was, and I was trying to do it in a way that like could semi appeal to lefties, not like make look, not like have this such a right wing look and feel an aesthetic that they would immediately like be turned off. Cause they're very programmed to like, uh, Mm-hmm. That's perceived as a right winger. We don't want to talk to that. Yeah. Um, so, so I showed this email clip. It was essentially do, they were doing a swift boat project. So the term swift boat project comes from back in the um, when it was Bush versus Kerry, right? Where they got those swift boat veterans for justice in that commercial. So, but they essentially paid a bunch of ex-military people to be like John Kerry is a, a wuss and a traitor, right? So. Swift Boat Project is like this um, like commonly used euphemism in Washington now for like a, this dirty trick where we're going to pay some people to accuse someone else of something. So in the Trump's case, they were talking, uh, Palmieri, like the campaign manager, was talking, I think six months before the end of the primary, like, where are we at on this Trump, Trump Swift Boat Project? We have to have this like lined up, ready to go, finance funded, and ready for action uh, for, for when we're going to execute down the road. So, so, and they just openly talk about this stuff and they, they hire third parties to do that. So that's one of the things I was trying to push back on, right? Because there's this whole women's march, right? Which was essentially started, the genesis of that was like, oh, this guy that got elected president just raped all these women and nobody cares and we need women's rights because, you know, apparently our whole country is okay with rape and all this stuff. And obviously it, it kind of like evolved into all these other things. But the genesis of that, was our president is a rapist and no one cares. 
I was trying to show like, look, don't freak out. That's not true. Like we are like most of us in the United States, like 99.999% of us, like think rape is a bad thing. And absolutely. If he raped two dozen women, we would absolutely, that would be disqualifying to us. We just saw right over here. That was false, right? It's false on its face. It seemed false, right? Seeing it. But then we have this evidence back here that that is in fact false. And so we don't support rapists, right? And, and it was to try to like calm them down because mm -hmm. that was a big point of contention used against them. And uh, so that was the kind of stuff I was doing. I was showing how we were arming terrorists in uh, Libya and Syria. I uh, was showing how uh, there were quid pro quos. Hillary Clinton did quid pro quos. And you know this because you can literally search the term quid pro quo in her emails. It shows up 125 times. Wow. Um, the... A uh, Russian energy company, you remember that we sold 20% of our United States uranium supply to Russia? The company that was like doing that deal, John Podesta, like the the shares of, of his shares in that company that they did that deal with are in his emails. Um, there was stuff about how they're just going to try to incite uh, race and gender um, chaos constantly, right? Like stuff where they'll literally say, Oh, painting this GOP as big and extreme is more in line with our big picture goal. So let's frame the story like this. Wow. Uh, or let's get, let's go hype up these, they say black and brown pundits to go like attack these people on social media. Um, so they very, it's very crass. They just very like, like oh my gosh. the people who talk like that in their emails are the people who feel like they're untouchable enough never for those to come out. Right. Cause they just say exactly what they mean every time. So it's, oh it's very, very interesting. Uh, all, all kinds of this stuff, right? So, so the other thing I think that the media itself, and this is a big thing for you, and we can go through this uh, maybe on another on another stream. Yeah, we have more of that in front do, of you. I, I'm going to do an in-depth WikiLeaks breakdown with you on my uncensored website because YouTube is really touchy about these topics, and we're going to show the WikiLeaks emails, and you're going to break it down for me. But go. Yep. So in, in Ivory's department as the uh, like censorship and media malfeasance. Uh, oh, and by the way, my uncensored the, website, my uncensored, my uncensored website is linked in description. If you guys want to go subscribe there so you can see what we talk about. Okay, go on. So, so yeah, in, in your wheelhouse, uh, we have this whole archive about how all these media companies, ABC news before the primary even, and this is where we can make this appeal. Like I, I come from sort of a right leaning perspective, but we can appeal, reach across the aisle and appeal to these Bernie people say, look, before the primary is even over, ABC News pledged all of their platforms to support Hillary Clinton. Is that is that election interference? Like, what's going on there? Um, we can go to Politico. And Politico, they, they even admit, like, yeah, we're being kind of hacks right now and we're letting you edit whatever you want. But I guess whatever. Um, even the New York Times. In there, the New York Times is allowing the Clinton people to veto stories. Like, what is going on here? So it's a gigantic indictment of the entire media, of the entire polling establishment. They show how there's like a bunch of rigged polls uh, of the military industrial complex, of big pharma, like, like colluding to keep drug prices low with our politicians. So from every angle that everyone cares about, especially on the left, because that was our idea during the election when we were putting that stuff out there, it was like, uh, that's when we started, uh, was to get the lefties to be like, hey, Hillary Clinton is bad news, man, and she just cheated you in that election. Why Why not take a chance on this human Motov cocktail Donald Trump over here, uh, right? Why not? This bull in a china shop is exactly what we need if you look at how broken the system is. And uh, 
we would like you to, you know, allow that to happen. And in 2016, they did, right? Uh, Trump didn't win because he was so popular with Republicans. He got less total votes than Mitt Romney, right, who lost to Barack Obama. He won because all the lefties were like, ah, screw this. this. This lady is evil. Like, I'm not showing up, right? I don't like Trump either, but I, at least I'm not showing up for this lady. So that's how Trump got in there is because the lefties kind of stepped aside and were like, ah, we're going to sit this one out. Um, and they did that because they saw a lot of this stuff about how evil their party is and how they talk one way in public, but they act exactly the opposite behind closed doors. So th this uh, WikiLeaks stuff is a fascinating look into how the government really works, how Washington really works, and how apparently every conspiracy theory known to man is uh, true and substantiated by uh, all these emails, right? Wow. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to dig into that more with you on my website where we can talk without these crazy code words. I don't yes. know if I, I don't know if I blurred this one out enough. That's uh you can kind of read that through that still. But anyway, YouTube does not like us saying these words, but this is your nickname, which brings me back to actually viewers in the comments right now are saying that you are 17. <laughs> you are seven. <laughs> and uh, okay, one of Maddow's tweets about you, Steinbart, who was introduced as the AZ dip, deep rig field operative, has told his followers that his future self is sending messages in time, uh, back in time, so that present day Steinbart can reveal the truth. What's that all about? Yeah, so that was, uh, I talk a lot about quantum computing. And so um, I, would, I would love to come back sometime. Maybe we could put some one of those older videos out there. It's a very complicated subject, but essentially mm -hmm. a, a quantum computer is a time warping computer. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, so the, the headlines out there about quantum computers a lot are like, oh, well, it's, it's a computer that they can use these qubits and a qubit can be a zero or a one or anything in between simultaneously. So I'm explaining like, how is that possible? How can you be a zero and the one at the same time? And it's by like physically warping the fabric of space time. So I w I'll try not to get too like technical on it right now, but essentially the this stuff called graphene that they use to make quantum chips, when you hit it with a laser the right way, it becomes massless. And so it essentially allows it to escape some of these Einsteinian theories about how time like is holding us all. And so um, a quantum computer can consider tons of options at one time, right? So, so a, and it goes up, by an exponential factor. So like a two qubit quantum computer could look at um, two, two options at the same time. A four qubit quantum computer could do 16, right? Like, so, so as it goes up and you get up there in, in qubits, I was talking about even in the commercial market, if you look at Google's 72 qubit quantum computer right now, you do two to the 72nd power. That means Google's current quantum computer can look unlike a regular computer, which has to go, it goes fast, but it goes one at a time, line by line, right? Google's 72 qubit quantum computer can look at um, 16 sextillion options at the same instant, right? So, so, and people are like, that's not a real number, right? So it goes uh, million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, sextillion, 16 of those, that's how many Google, the options that Google's computer or how many simultaneous states it could be in at one time. So this is essentially, it's a technology that warps the fabric of space-time, and that's along the track 
right? We, we get more into, we talk about quantum internet, we talk about a bunch of technical things, but that's along the lines of um, where that was going. And well, that's a that's a whole like hour long conversation that maybe we could have sometime. Well, that, that's <laughs> fascinating, and that's that's not what I expected when I'm hearing that you're saying that your future self is telling your past self something. Yeah, but so there, I was talking so about you, using this quantum internet. That's about uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, coming about. So I was, essentially, it was talking about technology, but uh, they like to take. I, I have a lot of articles out there that are like, oh, felon that thinks he's a time traveler, you know, extorts company and then does this. So they like to paint it in the most uh, unnuanced, unflattering light possible. But um, I try to, you know, and I, when I was talking about this stuff, when, before my YouTube channel was censored, I had a whole section, like, like I think 20 something videos of like a scientific animation of exactly like how that could be the case. Wow. Um, that something is, and interdimensional technology, right? Um, but it's one of those things, you know, it sounds crazy. And and I always tell people, like, if you were to tell people in 1950, I'd be able to just pick up my phone or pick up my pick up a computer and I would be able to talk to this um, reporter named Ivory Hecker, who is, you know, hundreds of miles away from me, and we'd have face-to-face conversation in real time. They'd be like, oh, you're watching too many science fiction movies. You're watching the Jetsons. You know, you sound crazy right now. That's never going to happen. Right? So this is kind of the next step of that, of like, this is what's coming. And the people that talk about it now seem like they're pretty out there. And uh, I am pretty out there, right? I don't, I don't <laughs> mind wearing that title, right? Um, but it's one of those things, you know? I can uh, substantiate a lot of things I'm saying. So... Um, if you're nuanced and considerate enough to like take the time to listen, then um, I think you'll have a pretty good time. And if you're doing the mainstream media thing of like reading headlines and dismissing people categorically based on headlines, then you're probably won't like me very much because I might seem like a crazy uh, time traveling felon lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> That's really sad that you now have that identity but or some people place that on you but it looks like it's not bothering you too much which is great i, I try i try to have a sense of humor about it i try to laugh about it if you look at my like if you google my name it's like a bunch of like horrendous things but it's like whatever you know i'll get my internet back eventually that was one of the other things when i got out i'm not supposed to be on the internet except for interviews mm-hmm. where we're talking about documentary work that i'm doing right um, and i'm not allowed to be on the internet or social media until next april so another a year after i've gotten out so they essentially silenced me in that way too but I'm not worried about it. We'll come back. And, uh, you know, I just try to have a sense of humor about it, right? Because if you look at the entire government right now, if you think about it, like, we're descending further and further into something like a South Park episode. Like, it's yeah. just getting so ridiculous. Kamala Harris has got her own, if you guys have ever seen Veep on HBO, like, she's got her own Veep situation going on. So, you know, try to have a sense of humor about it. And uh, just move forward, right? The, the media's anybody who doesn't toe their line, who doesn't go with their establishment orthodoxy, they're going to hate them no matter what. So right. if, if anything I say that doesn't toe that line, they're going to hate me. So I might as well have an entertaining, you know, they, they might as well hate me in a creative way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, they're getting pretty creative. It sounds like, gosh, this hour has flown by. We're already an hour. Okay. So, when are you allowed back on YouTube or like, where can people find you? Um, at the moment I am, uh, pretty much censored off of everything. Um, I think some, some of the, uh, we, we have some telegram groups that I, that I personally don't go on, uh, but that are kind of like trying to keep things going in the meantime. But, 
but uh, we're going to be launching a website and I'm going to be back on social media um, in April. So in the meantime, I'm just doing interviews here and there, trying to uh, let everyone know that I was following before. I'm still alive. Hello, everyone. Um, He's still alive. And, uh, you know, just have cool conversations uh, with people and, and just continue to take these topics that I think we've barely scratched the surface of and that are like objectively fast. Like any reporter, this is the thing that baffles me. Any reporter that cares about politics, this WikiLeaks stuff should be like the most fascinating thing, the most fascinating peek behind the curtain that anyone has ever seen. And they just don't care, right? They're just the most chronically uncurious journalists that have ever existed. So um, I yeah. think it's, it's, it's wild. Like it's, you couldn't make up a story crazier than what's real life right now. So um, I'm happy to go through that with you. And yeah, uh, we'll have to, I sent Ivory the, some of the archive. We'll have to like have you go through that and uh, come back I'm gonna and do my homework dive into that. Um, what's really in the WikiLeaks. And then you and I are going to break it down um, in my, in the safe space of my uncensored website. So guys stay tuned for part two with Austin on my website, linked in my description, uncensored. Um, we're going to talk about what everything that the media is absolutely aggressively not curious about. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I guess we got to close this down. It's already been an hour, but thank you so much, Austin. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, if you guys haven't seen the Deep Rig movie, check it mm -hmm. out. It's a cool, cool documentary. And we got a few more of them coming as well. One about the 17 movement, one about cryptocurrency. So we got a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline right now. And obviously check us out next time uh, we're doing our WikiLeaks stuff on yes. Irene's website. Okay, awesome. Stay tuned for his, uh, his documentaries. All right, we'll see you guys later. Happy Thanksgiving. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com.